Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. I'm a German. Karibuni Kalisani Ivy Church. Good to see you. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. In our old house, the kitchen was directly beneath the bathroom. And over time, a crack appeared in the kitchen ceiling and a small brown patch around it. So what did I do? Well, I grabbed a paintbrush and a pot of paint and I began to paint over it so that I couldn't see the brown patch or the crack, which initially looked great. But after time, the brown patch was back. So I grabbed my paintbrush again and my paint pot I repainted over it and I kept painting over it so it looked better on the outside so I couldn't see the brown patch anymore. But beneath the fresh paint, there was stuff going on that eventually was going to break through and it did. Now we all know how social media can make things seem perfect to others, how we can create our stories or our reels or upload the perfect pictures to look like we're living the most idyllic life. The best days out, the best nights out, the perfect relationship, the perfect house or the new wardrobe of clothes. We get to filter out the stuff we don't want others to see. Or we can select the photos we're posting carefully that don't in any way actually reflect reality. And I am guilty of that for sure. But the world tells us it's okay to deceive people, that it's not that big of a deal. But whether we're painting over the cracks or we're looking like we're living the perfect social media life, there is a problem there. Because at the same time we're putting out living our best lives on social media, the reality is that whilst we're doing this, we're trying to live a double life as actually we might be anxious. Maybe we're lonely. Maybe we're addicted to something, yet the likes we get for our pictures make us feel better. But actually, all we really have then is a feeling of emptiness, as we know that what we're outwardly wanting people to see isn't what is really going on in our hearts. Maybe we're tempted to do this as followers of Jesus. We might think growing as a Christian is about making ourselves look good to others in spiritual things too, appearing to be living our best Christian life, but yet it's actually just empty. Well, today we're looking at the beatitude, blessed are those who are pure in heart for they will see God. And why does Jesus tell us this? You see, this beatitude signified a radical change for those living at the same time as Jesus. Jesus was often challenging the Pharisees. These were the religious elite who would always make sure that they looked outwardly as rule abiders, but inwardly they were the opposite. And then the problem for everyone else was that they could never live up to those standards. So therefore, how could they ever see God? But Jesus says in Matthew 23, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You're like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. Jesus was calling the Pharisees hypocrites because they worshipped God, but not because they loved him. 
but because it made them look holy and it increased their status in the community. And he's calling them out by telling them that they're too concerned with the rules and the laws and they were forgetting the most important thing of all, to love the Lord their God with all of their heart and to love their neighbour as themselves. Yet this call to a radical change of heart wasn't just unique to the people living at the time of Jesus, as it is still has the power to profoundly change our lives today. Because God came to change our hearts, not just our conduct. You see, the heart is at the centre of our being. It's at the centre of our personalities. And because of that, then it also includes our thoughts and it includes our desires. It is the sum total of who we are. And in the Bible, Proverbs 4 tells us to be careful because it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So when Jesus says, blessed are those who are pure in heart, he is going deep, like beyond the superficial and the surface level. He's going to the centre of everything, the depths of who we really are. And many of us might have spent time painting over the issues in our lives because that's often easier than dealing with the reality of ourselves. But when we do take a look inside our hearts, we can recognise that we do have issues, we do have tendencies, we are stressed, we are carrying anxiety. And often our goal can default to make sure that others don't see those things. But God sees our hearts. He sees the things that we're carrying. He sees those things that we're ashamed of and he wants to help us with them by pointing us to Jesus. A number of years ago, I got myself into a bad relationship, a harmful one. On the outside, to everyone else, it looked great. But when I look back, I remember covering issues up so that others wouldn't see. I stopped meeting with some friends so that I wouldn't have to answer difficult questions. I pretended to the world that it was all okay, but in reality, it was very bad and it was harming me. I was painting over the cracks almost daily until the crack couldn't hold the weight of the situation anymore and the ceiling came crashing down. Only then could God begin the healing process within me and steadily over a number of years, as I realised that my identity was in him, did I begin to see him for who he is. A loving father, whose heart I then wanted to share and become more like him as he refined and he restored me. Now you might have heard this story before about the woman who goes to a silversmith to watch the process of refining silver. And as she watches the silversmith, he holds a piece of silver over the fire and he lets it heat up. And he explains as she's watching that to refine silver, you have to hold the silver in the hottest bit of the fire, right in the middle where the flames are the hottest, so that all the stuff that isn't pure could be burned away. And when she heard this, she remembered the verse from Malachi chapter 3 that says, he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. And he answered, yes, he had to do that to be able to keep scraping away the impurities. He had to keep his eye on it. 
The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? And he smiled at her and he answered, oh, that's easy. It's when I see my image in it. What a beautiful analogy that is of how God sees us. How when we come to him just as we are, that he takes away the dross, he takes away the stuff that isn't of him and he purifies it so that when we see ourselves, we look more like him and we no longer have the rubbish, the impurities inside of us as we've been refined and made pure. And the prophet Malachi's words are such a powerful picture of how when we encounter God's transformative power, we become refined by the refiner's fire, just as precious metals like gold or silver are. Because God is the all-seeing and the all-knowing God. And so therefore he knows what sins we have and he knows that we need cleaning up. And when we surrender to him, he promises to purify us. Once we meet with him, the stuff inside of us, our shame, our pride, our sinfulness is removed because he takes it away. And God spoke this analogy through the prophet Malachi to describe how he purifies our hearts just as a refiner's fire. God will draw out our dross, our brokenness, our sinful ways so that we will stand pure and righteous before him. You see, a refiner's fire doesn't destroy the metal. It lets the impurities come to the surface so that they can be removed. And it does it to make it more valuable. It makes it better. It gives it strength. It gives it worth. And it's the same for God. He purifies our hearts in similar ways. How incredible is that? Like what a merciful God we have that he would use our suffering, our pain, our sinfulness and shortcomings to refine us. How humbling is it to stand before God with hearts made pure by him? The words that Malachi speaks in this verse let us see the real nature of a God who is merciful. He's basically saying that God's intentions are never to leave us in our own sin. He's not asking us to save ourselves because he comes and he meets us where we are and he makes us pure. And when we go through hard times, through those periods in our lives of real suffering, we find a hope in God who will use those situations to bring us closer to him and refine us. And we can be assured that nothing we have to go through or endure is in vain as God will strengthen our faith and purify our hearts. And when he does that, he's calling us to see people how he would see them, to be careful of what we say, to be careful of how we speak, of how we treat others, and that we are holding the first commandment strong, to love God with all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our strength, and therefore we love our neighbour as ourselves. Because he knows why we do what we do, what our motivations are for the things we do. Do we work out of love or do we work for ourselves? Are we actively helping to bring others to know him? Are we working as a disciple or are we working for our own position to make ourselves look good? We need to be checking ourselves, asking those questions, checking out our hearts, checking our attitudes and checking our motives. 
And Colossians 3 helps us to remember how to be pure in heart because it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. The best way we can demonstrate that we're pure in heart is through being transparent with God and others, having the courage to admit when we get it wrong. I mean, God already knows what we've done or what we're gonna do. But when we really want to have a pure heart, then we need to be real with God, like be honest with him. We confess it to him and then we can rest in his unconditional grace. You see, there's a real freedom that comes with being transparent because it removes any shame we might have or any fear which is not of him. It means choosing that even if we have consequences to face, that we know the grace and joy that only Jesus can bring to fill that space. Thing is that we, through our own strength, don't have the power to achieve purity. What we have to remember is that we can only have a pure heart when we understand the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us, for each one of us. And when we remember that, when we turn our hearts in faith towards him again, then he can begin to purify our hearts. And it's when we begin to be like him, when the dross is removed and we're refined and purified that we see him and we step into his presence. And that's why we have to be pure in heart before we can see God. You see, God is always working. And when you know him and you seek to be more like him, you can experience him. You can experience him right now. You can see his hand moving in your life, in the lives of those around you, because he is always a working God. And when we are pure in heart, we can live in the presence of God. It's like we've popped on some new glasses and see Jesus through a new spiritual lens. And then we see again and again the glory of God. The Bible teaches us that we cannot be pure through our own efforts. It is impossible. The Old Testament points us the need for a saviour and Jesus is the only one who can make us pure by his sacrifice on the cross and his blood shed for us to cleanse us from sin. At some point we're going to need to stop. We're going to need to stop and we have to humble ourselves and examine what's really going on. So let me ask you now, what cracks are you painting over that you need to bring to God right now? What situations do you need to bring to him that are hardening your heart? Maybe it's that you need to forgive someone for something they've done. Maybe it's a grief you have. Maybe you need to say sorry for something. Let me ask you what would come to the surface as God refines you? And I'm gonna ask you now to bring it to him. So there's going to be a pause now whilst we bring to God the things we're painting over, the cracks we're painting over, the stuff that we need to bring to him so that he can take it away.
And as you bring those things to him, now let him remove it. Give it to him. He has taken it away. And as you now glance in the reflection of the silver, you will see more of him and less of you as you reflect his purity. So as a prayer together, we can say from Psalm 51 verse 10, Create in me a new clean heart, O God, filled with clean thoughts and right desires. Let's say that together. Create in me a new clean heart, O God, filled with clean thoughts and right desires. You see, when we ask that and when we do that, the reward that we get is that we, as those with pure hearts, get to see God. Hi, I'm Anthony Delaney. I'd love to welcome you to Ivy Church. Do check out the website, click on a few buttons, look at some previous teaching and some of the other things that we've been involved with. And why not plan to join us soon at one of our locations? Join a grow group, do the alpha course and figure out for yourself what it is that Christians believe. Or if you've got anything we can pray about, be in touch, press the contact button so that you can email us, let us know about you and how we hope you can be part of us. Come and join us at Ivy Church.